Because we're talking about Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle today, I thought we should have the person who introduced the cast to Jumanji, Reese Darby, join us. How's it going, Reese? Welcome to me. (laughs) Good. (laughs) So happy you're joining us from across the world. You're currently in New Zealand, is that correct? I am, yeah. It feels like I'm in Jumanji. Uh, I'm surrounded by forest and yeah, I have, I'm looking at the ocean. Uh, it's, it's, it's lovely, but yeah, I'm a long way away from you. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think you could be further. So this must've been so exciting for you, right? I mean, I think I was reading that by the time that you were contacted, every, like the rock was already involved and, and Jack Black was already involved. So I mean, and then you go spent, where did this, where, where did this film and, and like, what was that experience like? Was it just unbelievable? Yeah. So I got the call, uh, when I was in Australia, I was performing some stand up uh, at the opera house. I think if I look back, yeah, I was doing one of my, one of my shows at the opera house. I'm not, I'm not, uh, you know, I'm not boasting. Uh, it, it wasn't the opera house. It was just a it small, pretty it was a sm- glorious. <laughs> It's a smaller. No, it was it was the the uh, the opera house. Uh, but yeah, it was it was a small crowd. Uh, but look, I uh, <laughs> like any actor, like any actor, when you receive a call uh, that you uh, required or you're on the wish list of, of of something, then that's exciting. No matter what the job, because you know, no matter how far you get in your career, you're still hoping that you're gonna get another job, you know, because it's, it's such a fickle biz, you know, fick biz, uh, is what I call it. <laughs> Hashtag fick biz. No one's going with it. Is it, a fick but, biz. Uh, <laughs> if we can get out there, uh, get that out there. That'd be great. If there's one thing I want to achieve on this podcast is just get that out there. Um, if you guys have any questions for Reese, you can just hashtag FickBiz and I think it'll go right to him. I, I love this movie as I explained on the pod. I mean, I had never seen it before. I thought you were fantastic in it. And now I look forward to watching the next level. Do you, should I, do you want to like tease it for me? I mean, is there, I don't want you to spoil it, but do you like it better than Welcome to the Jungle? Where, where do you fall on that? I'm I'm in the middle because yeah absolutely it's the same but different which is always the 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 best recipe for sequels uh, if you're going to keep a uh, a franchise going um and I'm really really glad they are uh, not uh, obviously from a a personal point of view but also because there's not enough family orientated adventure comedy movies and th- this yeah. is uh, I have two children and to be able to go to something uh, with them that we can all get something out of that isn't animated. Uh, you know, it's a rare thing, um, you know, harking back to the, the days of Goonies, you know, and, and then uh, back to the future, that kind of stuff. Um, so I really I really think that the this Jumanji franchise is, is that of the now, which is cool. I'm really, really happy to be part of it. And for me, because of my my role is very significant, but small. So I, I couldn't be happier. I don't have the, the heavy weight, you know, the, the lifting that obviously someone like Dwayne, who has no problem with that lifting, uh, you know, has to do. <laughs> um, you know, I would love to to uh, be more involved in, in comedy uh, because my character, obviously, 
is a uh, NPC, so he only can say what he's programmed to say. I'm essentially a robot, which, of course, you know, is something I'm good at. But uh, I even said to the guys, you know, do you want me to do some of my, my robot noises? He said, no, nah, you're not really a robot. You're, you know, you're a computer-generated, um, you know, uh, image. I said, well, like, none of this is making sense. Am I a, am I a person? Said, well, yeah, yeah, you're a person, but you're not real. So what, am I invisible? You know, it's, it's a lot to go through. The meeting went for an hour before I finally, he just he just threw a video game at me and said, play that and you'll understand. So I did. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> sorry about the waffling. But, yeah, uh, it, uh, long story it. short, long story, you know, me with my waffles, uh, <laughs> the original waffle maker from New Zealand. Um, <laughs> but long story short, uh, yeah, I mean, what a, what a cool situation to be in and, 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 Thankfully, yeah, the next one uh, was a ripper as well. If, you, if you're going to watch um, Next Level, uh, it really, it really sort of ticks off the boxes of of being Next Level because it's 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 same but different. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it was great. It was such a relief because I was in love with the first Jumanji, so I, I had a little, you know, I was skeptical going into this yeah. one. I was like, oh no, a sequel for a movie that I love, but it was totally different and unique and really fun. And uh, and hopefully, maybe if all of this uh, pandemic crap uh, passes by <laughs> at some point in the next year or two, we can do the next Jumanji with you as a, as a guest. We can talk to an animal expert. Oh, dude, that would be amazing. Yeah, I'd love to come in. Uh, wait, um, wait, am I an animal expert? No, you're going to just talk about waffles and uh, the thick biz, but <laughs> then you and I will ask questions to a scientist. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're an alien expert, which I should probably mention. We have a podcast together called Aliens Like Us that people can listen to right now on Spotify. Yeah, please do. It's getting some major waves. Um, I have no proof of that, but it's just what I feel. <laughs> It's <laughs> getting some major waves, uh, a lot, a lot of heat, lot of heat waves, a lot of, lot of uh, saucer waves. I reckon, you know, a lot of, a lot of, if the aliens are out there, I think they're probably tuning in, don't you think, Ethan? Yeah, absolutely. It's a thick bit. <laughs> well, Reese, I got to thank you for all the comedy and joy that you've brought to so many lives, uh, including your performance in this film and the Aliens Like Us podcast. Thank you for having me aboard your spaceship on that and uh, and joining me for this intro. I, I hope that we uh, that we do another one soon, buddy. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. And uh, yeah, stay safe, stay home uh, and uh, rock out to, you know, the latest tunes. That's just some advice from... Uh, the old, uh, the old waffler here in NZ. <laughs> That's good advice. It's a fake biz, man. Bad science. Did the movie get it right? Bad science. Or will we have to fight? Bad, 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 bad science. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Bad Science. I'm Ethan Edinburgh. And today we are talking about Jumanji. Not the 1995 Jumanji, the 2017 Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, which uh, I think I'm going to make Jonathan sing a little bit of that famous song, Welcome to the Jungle by Guns N' Roses. Um, let, let me introduce him, of course. He's a writer and stand-up comedian, a very good friend of mine, Jonathan Morvey. Hey, Ethan. How are we doing today? Did you want me to sing right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just kick right in to Welcome to the Jungle. Jonathan Morvey. <laughs> Now I'm feeling like I probably should have asked our other guest to sing it. I, I I really appreciate your commitment, though. It was it was very. You sounded like Axl Rose. I got to be honest with you. 
Our other guest joining us is a daytime Emmy award-winning science correspondent, the co-founder of Nerd Brigade, a culinary host and host of the terrific comedy science podcast, Ologies, Allie Ward. I gotta be honest, I thought that was just a recording. You were playing of Guns N' Roses. So I, I was that actually Jonathan Zaney? <laughs> yeah. That was amazing. That was my audition to be in the cooties, actually. Wow. Oh, that... You're in, dude. Woo! You got it. Yeah. I, that's got to be your karaoke go-to for sure. Oh, I would love to go to karaoke and watch you do that, Jonathan. Usually a very, uh, I don't know, how would you describe your, your stand-up stylings? That was the most animated I've ever been my entire life just now. <laughs> yeah. That's what I was going to say. It seems, yeah, off-brand for you to do that, but I loved it. It might be the fact that I haven't spoken to anyone in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> yes, of course, we are recording this all quarantined up and it's been rough. Are you guys holding up okay? Everybody's all right? I smell terrible. I just don't know if I don't think I used deodorant. I think I slept in this shirt, pretty sure. And when I knew that we were going to be recording this remotely, I had a panic like, 10 minutes ago where I was like, oh my God, I hope this is not a video call. Please don't be a video call. And I'm <laughs> thrilled that I can't see you. I'm thrilled you can't smell me. Yeah. It's exciting. Pajamas. Yeah. There's, I guess, pros and cons to the quarantine life. It's like we're comfy all the time, but then it kind of makes you not feel as human as you normally would. You know, like yeah. part of being human is like smelling good and changing your clothes. So I don't know. Um, Maybe just put an alarm on that says shower. It's like a big alert. Yeah, I'm planning. That's it's on my agenda today. It just feels like being on the longest road trip ever, but you're in the house. Right. But I'm really excited for the people who are listening to scientists and who are quarantining. We're doing our part by staying in and staying ugly. It's the best thing we can do for the world right now. So good on you for everyone yes. who is feeling slightly unkempt but responsible. Yes, I completely agree with that. And speaking of unkept and, and smelly people, uh, Jumanji, these people are in the jungle <laughs> and uh, never change clothes or shower. <laughs> Although I don't think they were there for very long, which kind of seems unfair because like Alan Parrish, Robin Williams' character in the old Jumanji, and then Alex Freak, the new Nick Jonas character was there for like 20 years, mm -hmm. but they're there for like a day or so, right? Yeah, it seems like it, but who knows? The bending the time-space continuum, they could have been there for 20 years. Mm, great call. I didn't think about that. That's a good point. Yeah, there's definitely some weird time stuff going on in Jumanji, which also made me think about how Alan Parrish's character was kind of like going mental a little bit in the jungle. Like when he comes back, he's totally, and this is not even getting to the whole like picking an avatar thing. It seems like <laughs> he is him in 1995, but whatever. Putting that aside, I feel like Nick Jonas was really, like he had it together. Yeah, he seemed he seemed to have his wits about him other than that. I was very surprised when he first came on the scene. I was like, that guy looks like Nick Jonas. I have no <laughs> idea who is in this movie. <laughs> He's not billed on the right. poster. Yeah, when Nick Jonas is like the sixth most famous person in your movie, <laughs> that's pretty good. That's a pretty good sign. So my first question, honestly, is what did you guys think of the movie? When did you first see it? And how did it compare to the original Jumanji for you? Jonathan, I'm making you take that one first. Sure. Um, I watched it two nights ago. The first 10 minutes was maybe the worst movie I've ever seen in terms of dialogue <laughs> because they find the Jumanji game in like some guys on a run, I think. He finds it within the first 10 seconds. I'm like, well, they didn't even dance around it. They're just going to have some guy find it in 10 seconds. Yeah, don't establish then, the world. Just, yeah, let's go to, yeah. right to Jumanji. Yeah, the dialogue between all the high school kids is like making fun of what a normal movie would be. And they're just being so like blunt with every everything they're saying. 
just to set up the scene. And mm. I'm like, well, this is going to be a nightmare. And then once they are in the game in Jumanji, it was one of my favorite movies I've seen in a long time. Wow. Okay. Turned around for you. It, it's hard for me to laugh, you know, with everything that's happening in the world. Uh, just in general, watching a movie, I think it's hard for me to like out loud laugh. And this movie actually made me laugh out loud quite a few times. I thought the acting, Jack Black was awesome. Kevin Hart was awesome. The Rock was awesome. It was surprisingly funny and clever. And it was entertaining throughout the whole thing. I honestly don't remember the first one so much, but this one was definitely a very entertaining, funny movie, and I'm glad I watched it. Great. Okay. A, f a great review there of Welcome to the Jungle. Ali, did you feel the same way? I'm so glad you went first because I was watching it and I was laughing out loud on my computer myself. My boyfriend was like, are you still watching Jumanji? And I was like, yeah, that's really funny, man. <laughs> but yeah, the first, the first 20, you said 10 minutes, Jonathan, and you were being very generous because I looked and I was 25 minutes into this movie and I was like, oh my God, this is bad. How long is this. And it yeah. didn't pick up until like half an hour in. But yeah, the first act or so, it's so funny to have these huge comedic talents and they're so expensive and you don't pull them out until like partway through the movie and you have to rely on like these unknown actors with like really bad CW dialogue yeah. <laughs> and like uh, to get you into it. But um, so I think part of that was just having a really, really bad appetizer and then the entree is pretty good, but it's so good compared to like a wilted lettuce cup that you're like, wow, what a meal. Because by the time Kevin Hart and The Rock and and Karen Gillian, she was in, um, I looked it up because I was like, who's this unknown actress? And it turns out she's like a very famous Scottish actress who was in Doctor Who that I was like, oh, yeah, she pulled off an American accent pretty well. And she pulled off having to wear a half shirt the entire movie. That was one thing that was so distracting for me as I was like, there's one woman out of four of them and she's got to wear like a bra, like a leather bralette and short shorts. And I just mm -hmm. kept thinking about that actress at craft service every day being like, I can't wait till we wrap on this motherfucker. <laughs> and like, I can finally like eat a donut. So I was seething for her. I was starving for her just looking at her abs. <laughs> yeah, I thought she was great too. I also love the movie. I got to say, I'm a huge, huge fan of the original Jumanji. And so I definitely went into this thinking like, oh no, it's a sequel. It's got all these people that I love, but just in general, when they remake great movies, there's not a great track record of that. But I thought this was really fun, really funny. Everybody did a great job. So yeah, I'm, I'm definitely on board. However, one thing that I would have liked a little bit more of is how spooky and dangerous the old one was. Even though it was PG and this one was PG-13, I don't know, when the game pieces like move on their own in the old one, at any time there's like those huge spiders or they had like methed out monkeys and like giant wasps <laughs> in the old. I just, I was addicted to that and I, and I didn't feel as like in suspense with this one, you know? Well, I think a big part of that is the fact that they each have three lives, you don't feel scared mm -hmm. for them at all. You're like, well, if they die, they'll be fine. They'll come right back. True, true. I think that took away a lot of the suspense. Yeah. So to me, to me, that's a little less scary. And then also just the fact that you have Jack Black playing a 
you know, 16 year old girl. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I guess instead of like all the dramatic family stuff and like Robin Williams learning to cohabitate with others and and re-romanticizing with the girl from his past and stuff, instead of all that, you kind of have like just comedy, right? It's like all comedy relief stuff, which is great and made this movie very different. And I love that for it. But I guess I just have like a soft nostalgic spot for the genius of Robin Williams, how he's able to make you laugh, but also make you feel something like really quickly. I never saw the original Jumanji. Wow, Ali. I know, I know, I know, I know. And so I had (sighs) no attachment to that. And now I want to go back and watch Mm. that. Um, But a very different movie. I know, I know. And so I I certainly could see the very, very heavy nods to it. And it was like, who plays board games? We like video games now. And I was like, oh, I see they're doing this. But I Mm -hmm. did, you know how they, so they have these bars on their wrist, which is like, you know, the best place to have a tattoo of meaning is the wrist. We all know that if you have an inspirational quote or a delicate flower, like put it on the wrist, it'll remind you of something important. But um, I first saw it and I was like, is that a black flag tattoo? (laughs) Like, why do they have? (laughs) Yeah, it did look like that. That's true. Why do they have a punk? tattoo but i also whenever i see a movie and i can like hear the pitch in the room i get so distracted by it like i kept thinking about them like pitching this remake and being like it's like goonies meets the breakfast club meets the wizard of oz they're all taking something away back to the real world a little indiana jones meets the Mm -hmm. other jumanji we already made so i like could definitely like feel the pitch like in a century city, you know, conference table, having executives yeah. get just jazzed as hell about it. Well, somehow they they definitely pulled it off. I guess because of the like how charming all the actors are. Right. Because it, it really is just fun to, you know, be following them and have them interacting with each other. Like that that's what kept me glued, I guess, and having fun. I will say that um from a science perspective, I did note it was twenty five minutes in and the only animals we had were a squirrel from the front yard and a one rhino <laughs> or no it was a hippo so it was a squirrel and a hippo i was like 25 minutes in guys yeah Come on, show me some animals here and i do want to hop into animals uh x core because i do have a bunch of animal questions but real quick because in case some people haven't seen this movie it, it's now a video game it's not a board game they go into the jungle as different characters in a video game and so real quick what are your favorite video games <gasps> wow. that's a good question I'll I'll start and just say that I think Zelda's Breath of the Wild on the Nintendo Switch is my favorite game of all time, but also a big GoldenEye on 64 fan. I don't know. Maybe Bioshock has got to be thrown in there too. Do you guys have a number one, a top three? I have a number one for sure, but it's not a video game. It's an arcade game, if that counts. Ooh. Yeah, sure. I think it's called Jungle Safari, and you basically... <sighs> wrangle wild animals i know this sounds absolutely terrible like you're a poacher (laughs) you're on like a safari truck and you go around try to wrangle these animals i remember playing it as a kid in disneyland like disney world i was with a friend on a family vacation and i remember just spending the whole night playing this one video game (laughs) and that was maybe you know 25 years ago and then a few months ago i went to the new barcade in highland park and they had it there and it just brought back all this nostalgia and i ended up (gasps) another hour wow while i was there huge find and so appropriate so similar to the movie exactly 
so that that game is probably the one that I have the most fun playing. Awesome. It is funny to think about going to a barcade now. Like, wow, there was you touched all the buttons and stuff. Crazy. Like that is one thing about that's, <laughs> that's weird about watching movies in quarantine is you keep seeing people in these situations close to each other and it seems so exotic. So my my brain is definitely in quarantine mode. But um, I grew up with an Atari, like an old school Atari. I have older sisters and also I'm myself uh, incredibly old. And so I grew up playing like Pong and like um, Combat, which were just like four pixels on a screen. But um, we had this (laughs) game called Haunted House, which was terrifying. It was a, a completely black screen and a ghost that just looked like a pixelated blob. And for some reason, I think the lack of information made it absolutely bone chillingly terrifying. And you just, all you had to do was like find a key and go up an elevator or something, but your brain filled in everything else. And so it was just like, "Ah." so I remember that used to be my favorite, my favorite way to spook myself. I'm looking at it now. I just looked it up and it looks awesome. I've never heard of this. And apparently People love it, and it's really spooky. Yeah, it's super spooky. And I mean, this was like old school, like cartridge, like a you know a joystick made out of like mud and twigs. I mean, this was like proto video games. This was old school. That's awesome. So yeah, this was when they found the old console. I was like, oh, that's a pretty new console <laughs> compared to what I was used to. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the hippos. There's a hippo pretty early on, like you mentioned, Allie, mm-hmm. and it just looks terrifying. My image or perception of hippos is not what we saw in this movie. So I kind of wanted to know just like in general, where do you weigh what we saw there? Um, And then I have some like, I have a couple like kind of weird facts I looked up about hippos. Ooh, I want to hear those. Well, so I didn't know that they were like on land at all. I had to look that up. (laughs) And apparently they can run up to 19 miles per hour, uh, which is like pretty frigging fast, way faster than we can run. Uh, So I guess that part made sense. But but do they attack people on land? Have you heard of this? Do you know about hippos uh, in that regard? As soon as I saw the hippo, I was like, oh, that hippo's going to go. For me, I'm used to hearing statistics about hippos and how deadly they are when they're provoked. And so I think there's something like 500 hippo attacks in Africa per year. But compared to shark statistics, maybe five fatal shark attacks in the US per year. So you're way more likely to get knocked out by a hippo statistically than you are a shark. So as soon as I saw this hippo, I was like, that he's dead. So I was very happy that they followed through and did show <laughs> hippo is deadly. Interesting statistic. How? What are the chances you're closer to a hippo in life than you would be to a shark in life? I guess it depends on where you live. My thinking is, but I think just in terms of shark attacks per like per capita globally, I think you're more likely to get killed by a hippo. You're way more likely to get killed by a vending machine or like a fall down some stairs if you live in America though. Right. Like stairs, way more predatory than sharks or hippos. Yeah, and we all get cranky when the vending machine doesn't work. So, you know, that's a recipe for disaster. Um, But but they do- A hippo and a zippo? Excuse me? I was just asking if you knew the difference between a hippo and a zippo. I don't. Oh, what's the difference? Oh, well, one's really heavy and the other's a little lighter. Allie, Allie, if that's you clapping, please do not encourage Jonathan. 
I'll it. be here all day for an hour. <laughs> You'll be here for all month yeah, and probably a couple more months. <laughs> um, okay, so are they outwardly attacking people or do you think it's because we're like in their area and we're like on their turf and they don't like it? I mean, I just don't know why they would come after us. Well, they're, um, they're herbivores. So I think it's mostly um, if you are in a hippo's way, I think if you're in their territory, I think they're really territorial. So if provoked, they'll bite your ass. Okay, that makes sense. Um, okay, so here's the couple of little facts. So one, the the process of surfacing and breathing when they're in the water is like an automatic uh, response in a hippo. So even if they're sleeping underwater, they'll just naturally just rise up and breathe without waking up, which I thought was awesome. Wow. Yeah, it's super weird. And then there's this like myth that they sweat blood. <laughs> so that's not actually true. Apparently, they they secrete an oily red substance, which is like a skin moistener. And it also serves as sunblock, which will provide protect, protection against germs. Ooh, fancy. Wow. Have you ever seen, like, have you seen videos of a hippo just like crunching a watermelon like it's a grape? <laughs> Whoa, no, I have not. Yeah, like look up a pumpkin thrown into a hippo's mouth it's crazy when kevin hart the zoo you know when he was a zoologist i was like yes more hippo facts something about like 8100 newtons of force it's just like tell me more about a hippo jaw i was very excited about it but yeah like watch him just squash a, um a watermelon it's mesmerizing yeah i'm definitely gonna look that up that sounds awesome i love uh big powerful jaws that'd be a great asmr video <laughs> <laughs> yeah good way to wake up all right we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back the break is over here we go back to the show about science okay so there's like this guy van pelt in the movie he's like an animal hunter or something i don't know exactly what his job is there in the forest but whatever didn't so, they say he was like he used to be partners with bravestone yes i did hear I that but then they parted ways and now he's an evil uh warlord it's a living yeah being angry <laughs> <laughs> yeah being an angry warlord it's a job um, so yeah, Angry Warlord Van Pelt, he can like control all the animals in Jumanji because he held the green jewel. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if that's accurate or if I missed something because it doesn't seem like he can control all of the animals because sometimes like the elephant towards the end was like fighting the jaguars and it's like, oh, okay, so he can't control the elephant for some reason. And then also they had the jewel for yeah. most of the movie, but they can't control any of the animals. So what, did yes. you guys have answers for that? Great, great question. It's a great question. Yeah, I was I was confused when they had their hands on the jewel and they couldn't do anything with it. I also um, was thinking about it from a technical perspective. I was like, well, I mean, humans are primates and they are mammals. We're animals. So if he has the jewel, can he also control humans? I mean, they may uh, not oh be. Oh my God, great point. You know, they're not endemic to Jumanji. I mean, humans are an invasive species in this case, like the players in the game. Yeah. Um, they're a non-native species, but you would think maybe he could just control them. But the other thing is, is like, whew, that backpack, you got to tie that up. You can't have a rucksack just open like that. I knew it. And then boom, he's mm. in the helicopter. The gem falls out. I was like, you got to put it in an inside pocket. Anyone who has ever hidden tampons in a backpack knows you got to use an inside <laughs> zipper. You got to cloak that stuff. You know, <laughs> it's important. Hey, I mean, always zip everything up. What zip are you guys it. doing with open backpacks? 
I don't know, man. That's a great lesson. If you take away anything from the podcast today, zip up your shit. Zip your shit, dude. Put it in an inside pocket unless you want it on the floor uncomfortably in a meeting. Haram. Also, the one thing that Mm -hmm. you need to remember in terms of like the backpack or why didn't they do this or that, they are in a video game that has like a set track, a set story. When they're in the video game, you want them to do certain things, whether it's like control the animals with the green orb or gem, whatever, but they're actually just following the course of the game. So they can't really do any extra stuff because it's just in a video game. Yeah, yeah. I think I just wanted like Van Pelt to have this power for some other reason instead of like, oh, I got it from this green thing. Now you guys have the green thing, but you don't get the power. Or like maybe he sucked it out of the jewel. I don't know. I was just confused by that. And I thought like I missed something while I was watching. But I normally feel like that because I always just doubt myself, my my intelligence. Um, okay, I wanted to point out uh, another quick weird thing that I know, Morve, you're absolutely correct in saying that it's a video game and I should shut up about it. But this happens twice. Towards the end, Ruby decides to get like bit on purpose so that she can like drop down from the sky when she's like reloaded or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like this seems pretty random where they're dropped down. It seems like they have no control over where that's going to be. So how the hell would she know that it was going to be like right near the Jaguar? And then the same thing with Fridge when he dies the rock says like turn the helicopter right at the moment it's like how do you know that he's going to drop at that place while the helicopter's moving that's an easy question to answer obviously it's a video game and shut up (laughs) (laughs) you know when you play like the simpsons video game and you die and then you come back in that scene that you're in you don't come back into a different scene so oh sure i guess technically they're all in different places in that part of the movie where she's around the snakes, he's on the mountain, whatever. But if it's in terms of following, quote, the story of the game, then she would fall where, like, the leader of the game is, which is, like, going up that mountain, the rock going up that mountain. So I think they're just following the course of what the game should be. Yep, yep, bam, answered, uh, asked Mm -hmm. and answered. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jonathan. Yeah, I like that hypothesis. I like that theory. I think it's... um, I just figured it, I kept thinking about Jeff Goldblum and Jurassic Park talking about like chaos theory and entropy. I was like, hmm, like where mm. are they falling? I don't know. But um, yeah. yeah, I like that theory. Okay, so there's a tips that Karen Gillan gave in an interview, I think, for surviving the jungle. And <laughs> I wanted to know, Ali, if you agree with these tips. Okay. So the tips are to be fit, okay. wear appropriate clothing, learn to start a fire, okay. learn to fish and learn to build tiny huts out of leaves. Okay. One of those uh, stands out to me, the wear appropriate clothing. Uh, Definitely a very good tip. You want to make sure that you have cuffs on your wrists, on your ankles. You want to tuck your, you want to wear boots that come up, you know, over the ankle for snake bites. You want to tuck your cuffs into your boots so bugs can't get into it. If you don't have that appropriate field gear, though, it is absolutely imperative that you wear jorts and a crop top. That's the second best outfit in the jungle. Right, yeah, Yeah. sure. Sure, especially when there's a lot of mosquitoes. Um, You just want to give them as much surface area as possible. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, the more the better. I was looking into that because it was like, okay, how how many people die by like rhino or hippo? You know, maybe it's under a thousand a year. How many people die... By mosquitoes, Nick Jonas. 
I'm looking at you, a million deaths mm-hmm. per year from skeeter. Whoa. From vector. A million. Yes, a million. They are mosquitoes are the world's most dangerous animal. They kill more people than any other animal, than probably all of them combined. So people who are terrified of shark attacks and won't go near the beach, like way, way more risky to just not burn a citronella candle or to wear jars in the jungle. Man, and I guess that's because of diseases that they carry. Yeah, yeah. They're just vectors for for all kinds of stuff. Malaria, West Nile, um, Zika. So yeah, so virologists and parasitologists are like, lol, hippos, come on, y'all. Like... Yeah, get real. Yeah. Okay, very cool. Um, Let's talk about this black mamba scene. Mm. First of all, is that a black mamba? Could you recognize that by seeing it? That's a really good is, question. Is there a way? I don't think that... I don't know okay. if that was a black mamba. I don't think black mambas are, are actually black, are they? Yeah, that's why I was confused because it didn't... I think it was like yellowish, if I'm not mistaken. Maybe I'm remembering yeah, that. Yeah, I don't though, think um, black... Which is not my fault. That's weed's <laughs> fault. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't think black mambas are actually black. Allie, could I ask you a quick question? Yeah. You know, you were commenting on Ruby Roundhouse's outfit of, you know, her shorts and her uh, short shorts and her midriff shirt. I don't know what you call that. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's just a commentary on how in the beginning of the movie with the high school kids, the hot girl is so obsessed with her looks and the shy girl, you know, is like covered up, doesn't want to talk to boys. And then when they go into the video game, she becomes this sexy, scantily clad girl while the hot girl has to be Jack Black. And it's less about her not wearing what's appropriate for the video game and more about what her feeling what her inner beauty might be showing on the outside. Just something I'm thinking about. I mean... When it comes to personality psychology, I think you're right on the money. And I think dreams and fantasy are usually like making up for what we feel like we lack or what we lack the courage to explore in our real lives. And also like looking at um, Wizard of Oz, you think, okay, the lion is cowardly and what does he gain strength? And the tin man gains a heart, but he had it all along. So it's these traits that you feel like you lack that you actually discover you had all along. And, you know, Spencer is weak and needs an EpiPen and is scared and he becomes like this very virile, strong, fearless, smoldering character. And uh, the fridge is big and he becomes small in the game and relies on his on his brains, which he felt like we're maybe lacking in his studies. And so like, it's always like this, um, a foil for the reversal, right? But at the same, I can look at that and say, okay, that's like personality psychology, that's all these reversals. But then also I'm like, it's just also makes a good poster to have like, lady with abs. Like, you know, it always got me when Seinfeld, it's like, three guys and a girl. It's like, like, uh, it's always sunny. Like, a bunch of guys and a girl. So very much a token female, very much abs for the poster. I want to say yeah. that it's a deeper psychological I, thing, but they know. could have gone with the scene of Jack Black giving Nick Jonas mouth to mouth, put that on the poster, and they would have made a lot more money. <laughs> yeah. Everybody wants to see that. That was a spicy scene. I like that scene. <laughs> anyway, I, like I appreciate the, the answer. <laughs> and sorry to cut out of the uh, Black Mamba discussion. No, it's great. I, I love it. Let's jump it around. It gave me a second to fact check. And yeah, the Black Mamba has um, a black interior 
uh, like it, its mouth is black. So Black Whoa. Mama needs a new PR, needs a new publicist. It needs a rebrand. Yeah, very strange to call it Black Mamba. Um, I mean, I guess that just sounds really dangerous. And that's the whole yes. thing about the Black Mamba, right? Is that it will like kill you with one bite? I guess. Yeah. And Venom is, of course, Ruby Roundhouse's, wasn't it, wasn't it her um, weakness is Venom? Is that everyone yeah. else is like, I love Venom, man. Nothing I love more than a little poison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'll be fine. <laughs> Do you want to know how to sound really pedantic about snakes? Yeah, for sure. Okay. This is the most, this is the easiest way to become annoying about biology is when people say a poisonous snake, you can cut them off and correct them because there's venom and poison and venom is injected into you like a venomous spider or a venomous snake, but poison is ingested. And even if you ate venom, chances are your stomach acids would break down the protein. So a poisonous snake would only be something that could kill you if you ate it. So you'd have, you have to say a venomous snake or a venomous spider. So if someone's like, is this spider poisonous? You're like, I don't know, why don't you eat it? Wow, so that's cool. So does that mean that if we ate them, we would, you're saying that we would be fine? You might be, yeah, for, um, for some like spider venoms and please don't try this at home. But um, I think that your stomach acid denatures a lot of the proteins and venoms. But yes, but I mean, I who knows? I haven't gone around and sucked face with a lot of rattlers, y'all. So please don't, well, don't test I'm, me on that. I'm bored and <laughs> I have the time. So I kind of want to try that out. Um, what about the defanging? Is that an accurate thing? Do you, I mean, obviously, no normal, just, you know, average Joe would go and try that. But is that like how an expert would handle uh, a venomous snake? I don't know how to defang that. I was like, just an interesting take. If I were in the jungle, I would not probably attempt a defanging. But I do get scared sometimes that popular culture makes us so afraid of snakes. And most snakes do not want to hurt us or get anywhere near us. And so yeah. a lot of times um, snakes just get such a bad rap. Are you guys afraid of snakes? I, I have a little theory on that. I think I'm a little scared of snakes because of the way they move, because it seems so unnatural uh -huh. or just like unbelievable evolution wise or something. There's like something in my DNA that's like, nope, I hate that. <laughs> well, there's also like no stories of like good, happy, fun snakes, even in like <laughs> And yeah. I actually had a snake. I got one for my sixth grade graduation and i was so sad i had to feed it live mice pinkies these little micey that i would give i would give the snake oh. 60 seconds and if he didn't eat it i would take the mouse because i felt so bad. Oh, no. and then eventually the snake just escaped out of the cage and i never found it i never knew where it went what kind was it was oh it a black mamba God. i think it was a rat snake yeah, it was a black mamba. Okay. It was a black mamba. Um, I didn't put a lid on the cage. So, you know, I felt comfortable. Your parents really just let you do whatever you want, huh? I tried getting a second snake for them to mate, but uh, he had what they call uh, erectile dysfunction. Oh, God. This is why you have Jonathan Morvey on your podcast, people. Um, okay, so the big question on everybody's mind, I think... Elephant versus multiple jaguar battle. Mm, right. Do you guys think that that was an accurate portrayal of how that fight would go down? That an elephant would kind of like just kick them to the side? Because uh, I was kind of thinking like this elephant is screwed. Right. And I feel like an elephant wouldn't know how to do a roundhouse kick like that. Like that's some good typo. Mm -hmm. I just pictured like the elephant training and like a like a kickboxing studio, like going to the Y after work, 
training for yep. years and being like, finally, I can use these kicks, like <laughs> my Muay Thai classes, you know, just in case Jaguar. Yeah. I love thinking about an elephant at the YMCA. That's a great image. It would have to be a huge YMCA. Very large. F free towels. Very large free towels. <laughs> yeah, you would definitely need that. Um, I've also seen like plenty of videos where people are just hanging out with elephants, like they're best friends and kind, like naturally kind animals. Um, is that a natural like thing that we should be uh, talking about and like the portrayal of elephants or should we like stay away from them because they can wreck us? Oh, no one should be doing photo ops with elephants, like not to be a, a supreme buzzkill, but even at sanctuaries where they're like, we rescued this elephant from a circus and now it's chained up so you can take an Instagram with it. Like, nah, like any animal sanctuary. Yeah, that sounds terrible. Not sure if anyone's seen a little documentary called Tiger King. But um, yeah, if you're touching an animal at a sanctuary, that's not a sanctuary. That's a zoo. <laughs> they do not want elephants are like, I don't need a hug from a tiny primate. Please leave me alone. Pretty sure. Yeah, it always has seemed uh, weird to me. I remember we've had a couple episodes about ocean animals as well. And I was not shocked to learn that dolphins, it's the same deal. Like they look like they're having fun and making fun noises and they look like they're smiling, but that's just how their face is. And that's just the natural <laughs> noise they make. Like they're not happy to see you. They don't want to swim with you. They have resting enthusiasm face. And that's hilarious. Yeah, they do. Just to further prove how bad snakes are portrayed in movies or animation or ever, when they defanged that snake, no one felt bad for the snake. True. But if you no. if you take the tusks out of that elephant, you're like, oh, well, that's not cool. Oh, that's such a good point. That's chilling. That's wow. so true. Wow. Yeah, mind-blowing. Snakes are, are villains. Mm -hmm. They're villains of the world via Hollywood, I guess. And here they are eating rats. Like, no one else wants to eat rats. Well, I'm sure birds and hawks and cats do, but like... They're doing us a favor, you know? They don't want anything with me. Yeah. And I think that you Support mentioned the snakes. You mentioned like movement. And I think that one reason why a lot of people are afraid of snakes and spiders and bugs are because their movements are faster than we think they should be. Yeah. Like um if you think of a totally. really slow moving ladybug, like no one's terrified of it, but no one's scared of a sloth. But if that sloth right. could like just climb up trees like a banshee and just like skittered around like slender man like sloths would be terrifying they have like disgusting long claws and their bodies have allergy yeah. all over them they look like beetlejuice we should be terrified of sloths so i think that it's movement more than anything that freaks us out about some animals so absolutely true i have not thought about it like that before but things that move fast scare me yeah yep even man-made stuff, yeah. even a really fast car going by while I'm on the sidewalk. <laughs> I hate that. Yep. Lack of control is what you're and afraid of. Also, I'm sure. How you're Damn. perceived to die by a snake sucks. It's either like you die from the venom slowly or they swallow mm -hmm. you whole or they choke you to death. <laughs> like fun ways to go. Yeah, but you guys think yeah, of a mosquito. A mosquito comes at you takes a blood meal that way she can make like several thousand more and with a hypodermic Ugh. needle coming out of her face gives you a disease that you die from can you imagine that's like a vampire coming up draining you of lifeblood and then plunging a syringe of of like bio warfare in your back mosquitoes are terrifying and also like eating shit and flying around with that terrible noise like yeah. mosquitoes Suck. They suck and no one even thinks about it. 
they suck. But like if a snake could do that, if a snake could be like, ha ha, I drank your blood and I put a syringe in your back, you'd be like, oh my God, snakes are evil. <laughs> yeah. Well, I already think they're evil. Um, okay. So a couple lightning round points here, because I know we're running low on time. Mm -hmm. So there's a scorpion that kills a guy. Um, like one of his henchmen, mm -hmm. he's like, I know you won't do this again. Classic villain line <laughs> because you're about to die. Um, but I spoke to somebody recently on one of the pods that was saying that the scorpion perception is wrong, that we shouldn't be so scared of scorpions that they're portrayed, you know, in a in an evil way also, in a dangerous way, mm -hmm. but that they are not really, A, that the sting isn't that bad and also that they're not just trying to sting people all the time. They're trying to mind their own business. So. Do you agree with that? Is that accurate? Or is that some like special scorpion I don't know about that just insta-kills insta you? Um, I'm a Scorpio. So I feel like I mm. I really pay attention to how scorpions are perceived because even Scorpios are like, watch out. Mm. They'll steal your boyfriend and hold a grudge. But um, yeah, scorpions, like Scorpios, not as bad as they're made out to be. I did a whole episode on them. And yeah, that they... The sting won't always kill you. They tend to use it um, really only when provoked or when trying to kill some prey. Mm -hmm. But um, I will tell you something terrifying is that way, way back in history, way back ancestors of scorpions, like early paleo scorpions, the size of like a love seat, the size of a small couch. Whoa. Yes. What? Yes. Come Crazy. On. Like oh a couple of meters. How, why did they get so much smaller? They're way smaller than that. Way smaller. Yeah. But imagine something the size of like a bench, like a park bench. That's also a scorpion. Yeah. I interviewed um, Dr. Lauren Esposito. She is an arachnologist. She's a scorpiologist. I did an episode on scorpions. Yeah, we had Lauren as well on this pod and, and she was fantastic. Uh, that's really cool. So there is albino rhinos, if I heard correctly, <laughs> in this movie. Yeah. So I guess I just wanted to know if that's a real thing at all uh, or if they made it up for the movie. And then also like, how fast are rhinos? Because they were like trucking it. I know they were going really fast. Um, there are white rhinos, and I think that um, there were maybe only two females, maybe um, left, and the the last known male northern white rhino died in Kenya. So white rhinos are a thing that they are incredibly endangered, obviously. But I thought that the albino rhino, which could definitely happen. Um, albinism happens in the wild all the time. But um, I thought that was the only nod to colonialism in the entire movie. I thought, because I think Kevin Hart says that albino rhinos are huge, white, scary, and stupid. And I was like, is this the only time they're going to mention how much like of a colonialist perspective this whole movie has of like, you know, bright, like white British people coming to take over a jungle with no mention of any indigenous culture or people but i don't know maybe that was just political mm. of me no that sounds accurate to me yeah and they're scared and they're threatening you know yeah they're terrifying especially the ones in this movie mm -hmm. it's like the scariest rhinos i've ever seen right. um okay another uh, quick one here they are going through these halls these caves this cavern that has like booby traps <laughs> and i just i just wrote down like is that based on something do we know of pyramids that have booby traps and i just missed that documentary no. <laughs> i don't know jonathan have you heard of anything like Ethan, that was the question if a if a pyramid had booby traps that's i don't know that's where my head went as far as like <laughs> oh maybe that's maybe there was a pyramid that was like 
booby trapped to protect a pharaoh's sarcophagus or something but it's just in so many movies yeah. it's like such a classic staple i was just trying to think like what's well, a real life example the, of that the, the booby traps they weren't really getting anything at the end of it when they got through that little maze of booby traps there wasn't like a prize the, at the end was there no i think they were just just, it was a way just to part of there. the escape plan or like how they got out of the I think it was their way of showing how long nick jonas's character was there he knew every little nook and cranny of that game. <laughs> right yeah that's also Real very life true booby traps i can't think of any booby traps other than maybe something you might find at like the pleasure chest <laughs> Right, of course. Um, well, if you guys listening know of real life booby trapped um, areas, please write in and let me know because I am very interested in that and uh, would love to know if they actually exist. And then I also wanted to wrap this up by saying if there's one lesson I think we can all take from Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, it's to do your own homework. If that guy Fridge didn't have to cheat, they never would have got detention and found Jumanji and the whole shit. It's a great point. Write your own papers on Westward Expansion. Yeah. How long do we have to exist without knowing to do your own homework? It always ends up biting you in the ass like a black mamba and a mosquito. That's right. Don't cheat, guys. Honestly, Ethan, I couldn't agree more that this was obviously put out by a local school system just to deter. <laughs> yeah. This is big government <laughs> telling us to follow the rules. Yeah. Hey, that's why at the end of the movie... After the credits, it said, you know, brought to you by like PBS. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. It was all a big, the more you know. Ad. <laughs> Anyways, before we go, uh, where can people find uh, you guys? Obviously, they should subscribe to Ologies Alley, but uh, do you have anything else going on you want to tell people about? Uh, let's see. I have a new Netflix show that just came out called 100 Humans. Um, so that's on Netflix. If you have kiddos that you are trying to entertain at home, uh, I have a science show called Brainchild on Netflix. And then two kids science shows, one on CW called Did I Mention Invention and another called Innovation Nation. And then, yeah, every week I put out a different ologies, uh, a different ologist and expert, including a Scorpiologist on there so um so yeah then that's uh wherever you get podcasts awesome i have i have so much time to kill and trying to learn <laughs> as much as i can and i have netflix so i'll definitely be checking that out because i'm also essentially a child <laughs> jonathan well you can find me at jmorvey on instagram or morvey on twitter and I have a podcast that will be coming out hopefully soon. It's been difficult to interview people because of the uh, situation going on, but that's called So How'd It Go on Instagram. That's So How'd It Go, a first date <laughs> podcast where I interview people that go on a first date. And then within seven days, I interview both of them separately to hear about the date. Ah, I'm so excited. And awesome. uh, other than that, I will be in my apartment for the foreseeable future. <laughs> okay, great. I'm glad that you're there. I'm glad you're isolated. And uh, and I'm glad you guys joined me for today's discussion on Jumanji. Maybe we'll do another one at some point for the newer one, the next level, Ooh, I think it's called. I would love that. Ooh, this is I'm on. Fun. It's nice to hear human voices that aren't The Rock. <laughs> well, I hope that we were up to par um, with The Rock. And, uh, and yeah, thank you guys so much. And I'll see you next time. Thanks. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bad Science is hosted and produced by me, Ethan Edinburgh. Our associate producer is Emily Feld. Our editor is Lucas Bollinger. Our engineer is Jeremy Schmidt. And our social media is managed by Blue Whale Media. Shout out to EJ and Kate. I love you. Don't tell my girlfriend. Oh, and the executive pro gamer, <laughs> I mean producer, is Brett Kushner. 
follow us on Instagram at BadSciencePod. If there's a movie you'd like us to discuss on the podcast, feel free to email at BadSciencePodCast.com. That's BadSciencePodCast.com. And please leave us an iTunes review. Give us five stars. I sound like an Uber driver, but we really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>